Hello, my friends, Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba California with the Living Fearless Devotional. How are you, Hedia? Yes, I am fantastic. How are you, Andy? <laughs> Visit us at resurrectministry.com where you can find all of our content, some great resources, Bibles, uh, worship bands, pastors maybe you've never heard of. You could also sit, drop us a line in the comment section, partner with us, send a donation of any amount. You would truly be a blessing for us. Yes. We are uh, here on a Wednesday, August 24th, 930. Uh, we had the good opportunity to be able to go to um, Calvary Chapel, Tuna Hills and see an amazing message yes. from Jack As Ibs, well. Pastor Jack Ibs. And uh, we don't normally do this because I think he ended a little bit early, which he gave did. us that, this window of opportunity yes. to come back. Uh, normally, we would be back just a little bit before 10. So we are thankful for that because tonight's message was amazing. And it, it, it's in, if you didn't see it, it's in direct line with the devotional. And uh, something else funny about today's devotional, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit later on. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, you want to jump right into it? Yes. All right. So um, we are in uh, Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. Again, August 24th. The reference is Micah 2.13, which says, "Who one who breaks open the what? Oh, my gosh. One who breaks open the way will go up before them. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord at their head. Amen. Uh, and Charles says, because Jesus has gone before us, things have not remained the same as though he had never passed that way. He has conquered every foe that obstructed the way. So cheer up, you faint-hearted warriors. Have you grown weary? <laughs> you faint-hearted warrior. Not only has Christ traveled your road, but he has also slain your enemies. Do you dread sin? He has nailed it to his cross. Do you fear death? He became the death of death. Are you afraid of hell? He has barred the entrance for each of his children, and they will never even glimpse the pit of eternal damnation. Whatever foes may come against a Christian are all defeated. They may be lions, but their teeth are broken. They may be serpents, but their fangs have been extracted. They may be rivers, but they have been bridged or are shallow enough to cross. They may be flames, but we wear, but we wear matchless garments that make us invulnerable to fire. The sword that has been forged against us has already been blunted, and every other instrument of war, instrument of war that the enemy is preparing for us has already lost its sharpness as well. Through the person of Christ, God has taken away any power of anything designed to hurt us. Thus, the Lord's army may march safely on and you may go joyously along your journey. For all your enemies have been conquered beforehand. What will you do but march on and take the prey? Your enemies are beaten. They are vanquished. All that is left for you to do is to divide the spoils. It is true you will often be engaged in combat but your battle will be with a vanquished foe. His head is crushed. And although he may attempt to injure you, his strength will not be sufficient to carry out his malicious plans. Your victory will be easy and your treasure will be on calculation. Pro proclaim aloud the Savior's fame, who bears the breaker's wondrous name, sweet name, and it becomes him well, who breaks down earth, sin, death, and hell. That is Samuel Medley, 1738 to 1799. Wow. So you know what I think of what, what? comes to mind? I want this? to know. Some people may object to this reference, but I think it's useful. Life as a Christian can be like a haunted house. And I'll tell you, I just kept getting this imagery of a haunted house, maybe because my daughter is telling me it's Universal Studios, haunted tours time making the decision whether you go to that or not. That's a whole nother discussion. But the reason I compare it to a haunted house is, is, is the way you really get through them, they could be very scary. And if you remember when you were a kid, is you keep telling yourself they can't touch me. They're not allowed to touch me. Hmm. And so when you realize that it's literally... Oh, this is good. The, it's literally just a visual scare, then... 
your goal is how do I just get out of this? I just need to get from point A to point B without losing my mind. Mm -hmm. And life is kind of like that as a Christian. That's what Spurgeon's explaining here is things are going to jump out at you. They're going to try to catch you on fire. They're going to stab you. But in the end, you come out of it unscathed. It's like a puzzle. Life is like a giant puzzle mm. that if we just think about it, that nothing can destroy us. We are perplexed, but not crushed. We are downtrodden, but not defeated. These are even, you know, verses in Philippians. And so we, we get attacked and we get challenged, but none of it ultimately defeats us. And if you go into it with that mindset, this is like a haunted house. They can't touch me. Then your strength, your resolve can increase because you're like, I am invincible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that Pastor Jack says um, as well, that the Christian should feel invincible because at most what they can do is take your life to live as Christ dies gain, <laughs> to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And you close your eyes, it is as if you slept and you arrive in the presence of the Lord. That's the worst that they can do. Wow. That was really good. Was it? I like the reference. Okay. So, I, I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, because I, uh, when I used to go through them with my daughter, my daughter would be like, how are you so calm? And I'm like, because I just, I know they can't touch me. I know they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I feel like that's some, that's how we should look at life. The challenges of life as a Christian. Wow. I love that. Huh. I thank you. Hmm. I don't even know what to even, not even come back with anything because it's so good. The only thing I can say is that in a, see the, the way, the way that that works is that, is that you've been given the knowledge and the power to, to know that to be true. Right. Um, as, a, as a child. So important. Yes. As a child, you may not be sure. No. Like unless a parent tells you. Or some Christians aren't sure. Right. Like what happened in the pandemic. Exactly. We got to close the churches. We're all going to die. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're all going to die together yeah. in, in our church. We're all dying, folks. <laughs> At some point, we're all dying. Yes. And so the, the book, uh, this book right here, this one I'm being speaking of, is a, is a powerful manual, kind of much much like, you know, maybe a manual we'll get at the police academy to to learn how to um, use tactics and, and knowledge to get through the, the difficulties that we may come across as a police officer. Um, and if we didn't have the knowledge, if we didn't have the, um, the courage that we're gained from good study and, and, and practice and living as a, a, a follower of God of his word to the best of our ability to put it into practice every day, if we don't do that, then, uh, then we have weakness, then we have fear. And in living in that way, somewhat like I was talking, I was talking to my boys yesterday and sharing with them my testimony. And I wanted them to, to understand why it is that I, I feel the way that I do now. It's because God is real. His word is real. It's truth. And I'm, and I'm different because I, I know that for right. a fact now. Right. And so you live differently, you talk differently, you act differently, and you lead differently. Sure. And and it's to be able to do that is with the gift of the of knowledge of truth. And it's such a the topic that Jack's on today was part two of how you can murder your faith. And overwhelmingly, it is uh, idleness, mental habit, like he was saying, just even going through life in a routine, a mental routine can murder your faith. people's opinions, (laughs) your feelings. And it's often, I actually, I am, I am the greatest enemy of my feelings. So I am constantly fighting my feelings because I, it's just a, it's breaking habits, you know? So you have to go back to the word of God and say, you know, I know you will take me through this. And I just, I want to be in your presence and not in the presence of my feelings. I don't, I want to take every thought captive um, under the command of Christ Jesus. And that is the way you get through the day-to-day challenges. But if you don't have the surety of salvation, if you don't have the surety that everything in the book was true, 
is that he conquered our enemies. Mm. It's done. Telestai, it is finished. And we're just basically walking through the maze. It's like the matrix. We're just walking through the maze to get to the end of the puzzle. You know what I mean? But at the end, he knows the outcome of the puzzle. He's already predetermined it. Wow. You're on fire, man. Well, I was very, I was very, I was very <laughs> struck by this devotional too. I just like the, I just love the way he describes it. It's so, it, it, he literally, he didn't leave anything out, right? He just says that, do you dread sin? He nailed it to the cross. What do you, what are you worried about sin? It's already forgiven. Do you fear death? What are you afraid of? He's already conquered death. He, are you afraid of hell? You're not going to hell. You're not you even going to see it. You're, you're, not, not, even you're not even going to see it. You're not going to touch it. Lions have teeth broken. Serpents have their fangs extracted. Rivers have bridges. You're wearing a, a fire retardant suit. And the swords against you are blunted. Mm. So at most, so somebody can still try to stab you with a blunt sword. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just not going to kill you. It may hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same with a lion. He still may claw you. Mm. again it's just that it's the knowledge of it just it's like a it's the wine press so you may feel pressed but you're not defeated and it's just getting through the press the pressing yep you know it, it's funny because i'm thinking about this week which is so so interestingly connected to everything, <laughs> connected to the devotional, connected to Jack's message. Um, the, where have we been? Sometimes people wonder, like, you, you, you haven't been on for a couple of days. And it's we have our things that are happening. On Monday night, we have our, uh, our, our, life, life group. our life group, which goes late. Um, and you had we had a, a, a mild thing happen. I mean, it wasn't something to be fearful of, but it put us in a place where we weren't before. It, our, the music that we normally have is, is I mean, one of the, the things about this life group is they play worship music and we, we worship uh, between discussions. On, on this night in particular, um, there was a bunch music. of stuff happening, but the music wasn't working. Yeah. We couldn't get it connected. No sound. And, and, and worship has become a big part of this, of this group. And then what we have to do, we, we all had to sing you don't want to hear me singing, but we all sing. Well, little did we know we had a singer in the group. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the guy has normally not said more than said more than three words, but he sings like like an angel. <laughs> and he's Indian. He's Indian. You can he's... barely understand a word he says when he speaks English, <laughs> but he sung in English like an angel. And yes. it was like, oh, this voice was coming out, and we're all like, is happening it's like a mel tillis moment you remember mel tillis no he was a country singer back in the 70s 80s maybe even 90s but he had a bad stutter oh a really bad stutter but he could sing sing like an angel it was just like saying like wait that's coming out of that guy and that's the thing you know but that's god showing up you know and it that and i think what was so powerful about it is we hear people say when you're in the end times, what if all the Bibles are gone? What if the Bibles get burned? What mm-hmm. if we're being persecuted? What if we're in a camp? You know, well, there's going to be a worship singer and we're mm-hmm. going to dance and we're going to sing and we're going to worship the Lord. Uh, and it won't matter that there's not a smoke machine and an electric guitar. Mm. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Hello, Iris, just want to say hi. Um, She beat us to the punch and commented, but wanted to also let us know that she's driving. So she may not comment. But those of you that aren't driving, you don't have an excuse. You need to comment. Let us know. Say hi. Say hi. Let us know where you're you're watching from. Maybe even hand that says wave, that waves like the one that she put on there. Um, But uh, so there was another scripture that was for whatever reason, I know now why, um, that kept coming up. I, I was going, you know, Sometimes during worship or while we're praying, I, I'll just go to my Bible app and I'll just kind of just like go like this with my hand. And then it stops on something and I and I read it. And this um, this particular scripture came up. So what I want to do is read. Hey, Jan French. Nice to see you. Hi, is um, I want to read the second part. Is that OK? Yeah, of, yeah. of this of, uh, of Jim's uh, commentary, who is the editor for Morning by Morning. And it says, uh, David certainly understood that God's people are more than conquerors. 
For the Lord delivered him from his enemies over and over again. And because of his strong belief, he did not walk in fear, but in faith. Here is how he stated it. <clears throat> the Lord is my light and my salvation. From whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Right. When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in the, his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surrounded me. That's from Psalm 27, which is this, which is the scripture that I turned to in, in my Bible app. And I kept reading it over and over and over again. And I was, I was, I was hearing that I needed to read it. Maybe I just needed to read it to myself. And I kept thinking I need to read it out loud, but there was never any opportunity for me to do that because just because discussions were happening and things were going on and that kind of stuff. And, and, and so it, it, it stuck with me. <clears throat> so then yesterday I was asked, previously I was asked to speak at the Ventura Republican Party group up in Ventura, up in Simi Valley. So I drove up there with my sons. Three of my sons came with me, or three of my only sons, I only have three sons, <laughs> uh, came to me with me and sat there. And they, and I wanted them there because I just wanted them to be a part of it and to see what it is that dad does and what I speak on now that my oldest son is making me speak. But I decided at the last minute that I'm going to put the scripture in there. You never know what it's going to be like when you're at a, at a place. You, it always, you, you're always supposed to know your audience. Yeah. But I had a strong feeling, but I wasn't 100% sure. So it was at the very end of slide. But when the meeting started, they prayed two different times. Nice. And they all, you know, bowed their head and they all prayed. And, all, and I go, oh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read Psalm, Psalm 27. 27. <laughs> and sure enough, I, I read through it. And the reason I read through it, because they they introduced a couple school board candidates for the venture area, um, some city council members and some people running for assembly and a bunch of other stuff. And I know, as we've seen in the news, is that people uh, that are as, in particular conservative Christians are being attacked like crazy. We, I mean, we, they're just being attacked. I, I'll get in a whole rampage about this whole thing. Um, but I, I feel strongly that the, the, especially the conservative Christian who has a strong faith and, and, and wants to bring God into their, their, their campaign are going to particularly be attacked. And I, I felt strongly that I needed to read that. And it, I got a couple of applause moments in my speech, but uh, after reading that was, uh, was the strongest. Because and they were still so thankful. We nothing to lose. No. I told me, I was telling Andy today, there were, there's another initiative in California. It's like whack-a-mole. We have another <laughs> initiative in California about changing the definition of gender. Or is that a federal law? That they were they want us to no, I do think that's a state one, but I, I could be wrong, okay. but I remember it as a state So one. I told them I said it's like living in a house that's just filled with holes in the roof. And you stick your finger or a bucket <laughs> underneath one hole and then another one breaks out. And then you stick a bucket under that one and then another one breaks out. Like this the world seems to be rapidly heading towards the end times, like the exactly yes. what Jesus told us would happen. So so what do you do? Do you panic? and hide under your bed no you're like you know what i'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory you know and uh, pastor jackson and i you want to throw us all in prison great everybody's gonna get saved you know what i mean we'll sing in prison you know like whatever it's gonna be at least i want to go out uh fighting mm -hmm. at least just have just have a great um experience while we can of praising the lord and come what may Hmm. So I think that scripture is going to stick with me for a while. I also sent it to a, a, a Chino Hills, uh, a Chino Valley uh, school board candidate. And I sent her and she goes, oh, my gosh, did I did I need that? She goes, I'm going to read that every day until the election in November. Nice. And um, it's a powerful bit of scripture. And it's now as I read this devotional today and that we were able to come on today. 
is just God saying, you know, that's exactly what I wanted you to do, Andy. And I, I, I feel that more now. In the past, I would have felt like, you know, how dare I say that God is talking to me? Like, am, am I, I've never felt worthy of God's presence or his, his hand over me or that hey, he gives me these words. He talked to a donkey. <laughs> I, I'm not <laughs> comparing you, but I, I mean, he talked to a donkey. So what, what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who we are. We, we are all unworthy, you know, but that doesn't mean anything. He is worthy, right? I love the story, the talking donkey. <laughs> Jack said that the other day about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm in good company. Yes. Um, but wow, how powerful is that? That uh, out of all, out of the whole Bible, that I come across that that bit of scripture, that it it comes in handy for speaking to a bunch of candidates who are surely going to be attacked. Um, I told you the, uh, and I'm not sure, I don't think I brought it up here, but she just sent me this picture. I should show it to you. What they did in in Chino Valley is they put up an Instagram page against her and the images is her and they drew um, devil, devil ears or whatever on it. And I'm sure that's what they do for me at the Christian post too. Uh, My big commenters. Yeah. And that's, I saw that and I sent, that's what caused me to send that to her. I said, remember this, they're going to attack you. Your enemy's going to attack you, but they're defeated. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and you can't be controlled by random people's opinions. No. You That's know, what Jack said today. Exactly. Yeah. That why would you care about what some dude in Milwaukee in his basement says about you? <laughs> and it's so true. Oh my goodness. If you read the comment section of my last article, it's uh, like fire. Like, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? You know, these aren't people that I expected would have supported me anyways. You no. know, it's just it. We just have to live fearlessly. We just have to live fearlessly because we have the King of King and the Lord of Lords. Yeah, I love it. I just love this. This is a, a, a great day. <laughs> I love this today. Uh, Lisa says. So with you about the end times and how I feel about it. That's great. <laughs> and I'm leaving all kinds of things behind. My multiple Bibles and books that say where... Are they missing Amir Search Petty's book, The Last Hours That People Left Behind and Hopefully Can Find Their Way Through the Tribulation? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Leaving books is like little treasure hunt. Like in bread, case I crumbs. disappear in the rapture, here are some good reference points. Some reference points. That's a good strategy. You know, now I got to go back and... and um... Okay, I have to tell you this interesting conversation. Okay, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I had this really interesting conversation with my daughter yesterday. I told um, Andy that we had this very strange encounter with our relatives. As you all know, they're all Muslim. So for the most part, it was it was good. But there was just like digs and jabs every now and then. Uh, but she gets in the car and I, we were just talking about, I don't know what, about our family. And I said, uh, and somehow the topic between Jesus and uh, being followers of Christ versus Islam. And she's like, you know, mom, I just... I just really don't like religion. It seems to really divide people. So I understand where she's coming from. You know, she's seen it like tear apart our family. She has no relatives left because of it. And she's like, and she's like, I believe in God. She's like, I just don't like religion. And I said, listen, I'm not concerned about religion. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to hear his voice. And I want you to pray to him and know that he hears you. So I don't care about the rest of it. You have to have your own relationship with Jesus. And she didn't fight me on that, you know, because she says, I believe in God, you know what I mean? And I, she said, I believe in Jesus and she's happy to be a Christian and not a Muslim, but it's just like all the rest of it, just it wraps people in knots, mm-hmm. you know, especially young people, they're struggling with so much. And I'm like, just let's just put that aside for a second. It's about Jesus, you know what I mean? And that it's so important for even us as adults to realize it, that we don't want to get caught up in, quite frankly, my opinion is the the politics too. Like you just listen to both sides. I mean, I'm a conservative um, Republican. I've been my whole life, but I listen to um, people on both sides and everybody passionately (laughs) believes what they're saying. You know, everyone believes they're being targeted with political terrorism that they're saving our country and the democracy, that the other guys are the enemy. It's just, we're being ripped apart. And 
all I keep hearing, all I keep thinking is seek first the kingdom, the rest will be added unto you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. I love that you had that conversation. We, we were in two different places. I was up in Simi Valley speaking at a Republican thing. You were at your mom's house dealing with the Muslims <laughs> in your family. And, um, but yet we both had these conversations with our children about, and, and I think what, and I, it was an hour and a half long conversation I had with my, my boys earlier in the day. And, and part of it was realizing what, what's coming. And I, and I needed them to understand why I am where I'm at. And I know this may sound strange, but I had not shared my testimony with them in deep detail ever. Um, I just did not know when they were going to be ready to hear that God, Jesus, the Lord had stood in front of me to where I could see him and, and touch him and feel him and feel his presence and how it impacted my life. Alongside me was a woman who fell on the ground who was the demonically um, possessed. possessed. It's having an exorcism. And um, we had to, you know, chase the devil out of her. And, and that's a hard story to tell. I can tell it to you guys as adults, mostly that I'm sure that are watching, um, but also you're not standing in front of me. I, I'm talking to a camera. Um, but having this conversation with a 16-year-old, an 11-year-old, and, and an 8-year-old, um, there just wasn't a time until yesterday. And that came about because I was just talking to them about, um, you know, how I want this family to run <laughs> and about my role as the, the, the head of the household and what that means and what I expect from them and how they treat one another. Um, and then I also wanted to warn them with this life can come trouble. And, and because I'm getting more, we both are getting more known in this community as conservative Christians. Jesus freaks. <laughs> that they care. may come across some people that decide that, you know, they're going to target them because of us. Yeah. And I said, I, I want you to hold strong. And I want you to hear why. why. Why am I here at this space now? And how did I get here? And then how is it that you and I were brought together by God? And um, wanted, to, wanted to explain it all to them from the beginning to the end. Not to the end, but the beginning to, to current times. And um, it's so interesting that we both had these conversations about very similar things. That well, because, it brings trouble. Because life is upside down. Yes. Yeah. And I, and, but my, my end was that trouble is worse without God, right? We're going to have trouble either way, but if we, if we have God and he's defeated our enemies, what do we have to fear? And I, and I, and I clearly explained to them that I went from a religious person, a, a man walking around the church to a man who has accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. I believe he died for our sins and he, and he rose again. Well, see, that's exactly, and that's the point I was telling her. I don't care about religiosity. Right. This is not religiosity that we're doing here. We're not right. playing Christian. We're trying to follow Christ wherever he takes us. Right. And it's important for them to understand the difference of that. I really do believe that. Yeah. Because that's a that's a, a personal relationship with their Lord and Savior, as opposed to, I expect you to do this class and that class and be this person. You know what I mean? They have to develop that relationship and the in with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them to guide them. Hmm. Yeah. So Lisa just wanted to correct the record and say she meant when uh, she disappears in the rapture, <laughs> they, they will know what happened. <laughs> but they told us that's like. Here's my little note in, in the form of the Bible. Um, look up and comfort one another and love on one another. Yes. Yeah. And that is the. Oh, yeah. I love. Wait, sorry. I love that. Pastor Jack said that. He says, you know, your life is idle. If you walk around in this church and no one knows whether you came or went, like you don't talk to anyone or in your life, nobody depends on you. I was hmm. like, that was an interesting point. Yeah. He's like, do you have believers who depend on you? And I was like, wow. And he's like, and if that question scares you, you need to get more involved. He's like, you need to do more because you sh that question should be easy to answer. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you uh, have had 
two non-believers, you know, who needed you and need you in their life in one past. Yes. And you have one non-believer who desperately needs you. Yes. To protect you from the serpents in her life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, I know that's cryptic, but you know, you're talking about is it okay if it's, I'm talking about your mom. Yeah. Your mom and dad. Because um, they're Muslims. Uh, but have you seen any breaks in the, in her? No. No, nothing yet? No. Mm. no. Maybe. Maybe. maybe some, maybe someday. You'll just keep working on her. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I, I you, you, um, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it uh, on the camera. Do you see that she sees a difference in you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she's constantly uh, telling me how much kinder I am, how much sweeter I am. And I tell her it's because of Jesus. Uh, she says how much better my daughter is. I tell her it's because of Jesus. But see, the, the biggest obstacle with Muslims is they believe they know Jesus. Mm. So when you say Jesus, it's not like who? You know, so it what's difficult to break is their understanding of Jesus. Mm. They know Jesus is a prophet, not as Lord and Savior. Right. And so you just, you don't want, I don't want to, every time she says it, say, no, it's not that Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it's getting through the barrier of saying, but my, but how I understand Jesus, the full understanding of Jesus is very different because he will save you from hellfire. And so that is what I try to quickly say each time, but I don't know how much it gets processed. And so last night she was telling the other family members who were expressing some kind of snide disapproval that she's like, listen, we all come from God and all that matters is that we believe in God and that we worship a God and we answer to a God. Mm. And so that's still her understanding. So she's like, I, why would I become a Christian? I worship God in my way. You worship in yours. Mm. We're not able to get through, through that. Mm. So. Yeah, we'll keep praying. Yes. Please uh, pray. Lisa, Lisa says. Andy, thank you so much for your explanation of how and why and what you got across when you tell your testimony to your kids. I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> and Hedy, there is no uh, believers that depend on me, so I haven't heard Jack's teaching yet. And now I'm a little nervous. Oh. I don't think you need to be nervous. I think you just... You, it was encouraging people yeah. to love on people in your church. Yeah, there's still time. Yeah, absolutely. Get the phone number of the person sitting next to you. Hi, how can I pray for you? I do that... Uh, I do that randomly. Like one woman came up to me and said, oh, I loved your podcast with Jack. And uh, my daughter wants to be a lawyer like you. And I was like, give her my phone number. I was like, here's my card here. Here's my phone number. Tell her to call me. I'm happy to help anytime I can. It's just literally putting yourself out there for anyone and everyone that comes up and asks. And you seem to, you know, be a friendly face to them. And uh, it happened the other day at church too. This woman was telling us about how, jolted she was by the behavior of our usher and <laughs> yes. i just you know struck up a conversation and i said i would love to talk to you later and took her phone number and exchanged contact information i get the feeling also it's not a sometimes it's not always a conscious dependence on you no it's just yeah. have being a being available an ear, being available yeah because I, I i have this saturday men's group that we meet on zoom but we, some of us live very close to one another, but there's one Why gentleman still zoom? because he lives idea. in Tennessee. There's one guy. Put him on the I phone. know, but one of the, uh, at least one of the men and uh, one of the other, maybe two of the men have, have said to me that, um, you know, some, some, some very nice things about you our relationship you. with, with each other and saying that, you know, I really, that we have connected. Oh. And so there's that kind of, yeah, no, and they know that they can call you if they need something. Right, that's the word. That's what I was like, you know. You know, to. so if you would ask any of them, hey, do you think I'm dependable? They'd mm -hmm. say, of course you are. Like whether they've used it or not. Yep. I think the point is that do I have people that can depend on me that I have made myself available to? Bruce, he depends on you. Yeah. He contacts you with random questions yep. and hey, I need this or you know what do you think of yep. that or you know what I mean? And we depended on him to marry us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So again, it's not necessarily, I don't think, now we could probably ask right. Jack the next time we talk to him, is that, you know, we, did we get this right? <laughs> that it's just, sorry, I got this really bad itch right there. Um, got my hair cut today and the hair keeps falling into my shirt. Um, and just say it's, a, you know, it's being available for people that, that, because people do seek us out from time to time. I mean, we're lucky enough, we were, you know, God has given us a gift of being able to do the show. Uh, where people can see us and that kind of stuff. And people stop you in the church all the time and say, oh, one today. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> the one today was like, I saw your, I, I saw this program. I couldn't remember where, but I saw you on Hawaii TV. And I was like, wow, what are you doing watching Hawaii TV? <laughs> so she happens to be a representative of products that sell in Hawaii. So she saw the channel. But uh, no, but Lisa, she says, I have relationships with them. The first, yeah and pray with them, but they don't depend on me. But I hope this explanation was helpful. Mm. It's just knowing that they can contact you and that you do ask them, can I pray for you? Uh, Andy and me were talking the other day. We noticed that two of the ladies, they're single, uh, that come to the church we haven't seen in a while. So he's like, did you text them? And I forgot, Denise told me today, did you text them? And I'm like, I'm texting them right now. <laughs> and, and that's what it means is that like, is letting people know you're loved, you're missed, you're known. Yes, you know what she says here. So being friendly and helpful is what you're talking about. Yes, approachable, approachable. Yeah, and that's not necessarily one thing that either of us are good at. Are are usually it's Jesus. <laughs> I would so quickly run the way other way if I if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be like, whoa, beeline. 30 degrees, move to the left. <laughs> yes, I mean God does amazing, amazing work on 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 us. That uh, transformative. That is just nothing that I could have ever believed. Um, standing in front, ugh, listen. Last night, I stood in front of forty people. I think it was in this room, uh, talking about the stuff that I like talking about, which is school board stuff, and what's the demise of, of of so many different things that are happening in our in our world. To reading the Bible to a group of strangers and my three sons sitting in the back room with as much comfort as God and, and God could give me it, it just take I would normally have felt fearful anxiety and would have would have would have decided at the last moment to skip that slide Yay. or not not even go to it so yes so Lisa transformative being available and just stepping out of your comfort zone and and doing things that uh, you may not normally do but but God Exactly. Uh, and I really think that what, when I've heard you now tell the story for the second time, I really think it was so important for the kids to hear from you that something happened. There was a switch that was flipped because remember they went to those churches with you. They sat next to you and yet there was a demise of your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they, they're like, what, what do you, you, you were, you were a Christian then too. So explaining, I am now a follower of Christ. I had this road to Damascus revelation, like God revealed himself to me and I made a change is very important for them because otherwise it's like, what are you talking about? You, you, you've always been a Christian. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so because for my daughter, of course, she knows that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like uh, my transformation, our transformation together, she's walked it all, uh, every step of it with me. But your kids didn't. Right. That was something that was happened solely to you that they didn't know about. And, 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 and although the similarity, the one similarity is that it wasn't because of an earthly person. Right. It was God presented himself to us. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that was really important for me to tell them is that I want you to know that Jesus appeared to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only after I, and this was so important, and I, and I hope this is okay that I share this with you guys. But it was, and I, and I, and I reemphasized, I said, listen, I said, I want to go back to what I just told you. I told you before this happened, about two or three weeks before that, I explained to them that I had finally given up on me as my God, as my leader, um, and, and physically and verbally said to God, I'm sorry. I have sinned 
so much in my life and I'm asking you for your forgiveness and I repent um, for what I have done and I need you and I want you to guide me and I would I want to be the best father that I can and whatever you else you give me in my life I I'll be, I'll be thankful but that's the one thing I ask of you as you make me a better father <laughs> and I, I wanted them I told that's them that's probably what made Rick cry it's possible one of my sons started crying, my 11-year-old. Um, and he couldn't explain why. He's just what you oh, just I'm told sure me. Oh, sure, it just, was that. And so, um, and, and, I, and I said, it was, that came first. And I wanted them to know that came first because I want them to do the same thing. Yeah. And so, I, I, and, and it's not because I want them to do the same thing just to follow me. I want them to know why that has to happen first. And then at the, the next opportunity where I was vulnerable and ready and able and, and welcoming, he showed himself to me. He showed himself to me. I mean, he stood in front of me. And then and I, then I had to explain and go, but that's not all. It was like a, a Ginsu knife commercial. I said, but you think that's fantastic. You think it's great that Jesus appeared to me. That is fantastic. That's the most fantastic of all. But the lady next to me, a woman that I don't even know, who has no reason to act or that do, you spent or pretend, two days with. I spent two days with, not two days in any way other than getting to know her as a, as a, as a, as a, as a person, as a, as a friend, like with other people. And she f- fell to the ground, closed askew, <laughs> and, and did not try to stop it from happening. And for an hour and a half, not 15 minutes, no. not even like 30 minutes. Makeup running. Makeup running, drooling, <laughs> stuff coming out of her nose. <laughs> And I have, and I, and I have witnesses. I can call them up. If it, I actually may bring Courtney on one of these days, so she can. I go listen, Courtney. Tell them what happened. Oh. And it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was surreal and real and amazing. And I, and again, I, I needed the perfect time to tell them. And I know it seems like Andy. Why did you keep it from them from them so long? It's been like three years. And I said, I don't. I just never felt like it was the right time. And I needed them to know this now, which was yesterday. And, it, and the Holy Spirit just led me to it. it. Everything lined up for, and I didn't intend to do it. There was no, I mean, I thought about it. You know, when am I going to do this? When am I going to tell them? But yesterday it just lined up and it was perfect. They were sitting on the red couch. I was sitting in my chair facing them. And, um, and they sat there and they were like, what? and then what? And then there's like, I was telling a cop story. They love my cop stories. <laughs> and then my son, one of my sons just started crying. Um, and it was around all those, all those times. And especially when I told him that, you know, Jesus appeared to me and I, I, you know, he's, he's real. I love him and he loves me and he loves you up to each one of you. And, and I could just, Brett's eyes were filling up with tears Aww. and just crying. Um, but I'm not sure I was going with that second uh, explanation. Oh, it was that, um, that the, the repentance was it was such an important part that they needed to understand how important that is to to just give out uh, you know your hands and say I I I surrender and will you please forgive me and uh, accept me as your as your son and he did it was spectacular mm. and then a year or so goes by and then things happen with the pandemic and then we yeah. end up at the church and I explained to them all you know how that's all important. And then I, I, I reminded them I had cancer and because of all of these things lining up and because of our uh, relationship that I know I'm cancer free. And then the COVID got me and I was given something that was another poison on top of the COVID and it should have killed me. And yet God, lots of it, God uh, uh, spared me uh, to be here to do something. And I think this is one of the things he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll leave it at that. Um, there is some scripture that we haven't read yet. Let's re- it's only one passage. Oh, what happened? That's another page. Oh, let's let's get rid of that and go here. Yeah, there we go. So it is Genesis three fifteen. This is after the sin in the garden, and God is talking to Eve, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Wow. So the enemy is defeated. Wow. Strike. Crush. So strong words. Yeah. Crush your head. 
because Jesus crushes the head of the serpent. Wow. The serpent will strike his heel. He strikes our heel. He, he bruises us, but ultimately Jesus crushes his head. Mm. Oh. Lisa says... But I, I do love to extend myself to people because so many people help me. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. That's beautiful. That, I mean, that is why we do it, right? Is that it's a cup overflowing. You know, as he says in Psalm 23, my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Is that that love is supposed to be the river of living water that flows in and through us and out. So it's always important to constantly replenish that. And giving to others replenishes that because it's expending it outwards. Cool. Anything else about anything? I think I'm toast. <laughs> It's been a long day. It has. It has. All right, my friends. Um, again, we definitely want to come on tonight because I, I, I think we have another two days where we're not going to be able to get on because of uh, because of things we have. Uh, tomorrow we should try to come on at some point. We should Maybe try to get work. there. Maybe we uh, may have an early one. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a lunch and learn. Yeah. We haven't done a lunch and learn in a long time. Isn't it funny how this has evolved? Because all when... For the longest time, we did it in the morning. I did it in the morning. Uh, I got it like pre-Hedia. Yes. B B H. Before, Lisa's watching the Hedia. old ones. I was like, oh, my God, was it cringy? She's like, no, no, no. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, not all the way back to the ducks. I used to do this with ducks and geese. Yes. Not, not all the way back to the geese days. No, it was just, it was, yeah, good. It was the Andy and Hedia show. <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you, friends. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Michael says. So is it wrong to be jealous of both your testimonies? I long for transformable change. God to make himself known to me. Oh, mm. he will make himself known to you, Michael. It's just like it's just like Andy said, we came from completely different walks of life. So it's just like Andy said that, you know, you just have to surrender. You just invite him into your heart and beg for him Uh to manifest himself to you in whatever way that that is. I audibly heard his voice and he saw him, but people have all kinds of miraculous encounters with Christ, but it's a, it's a humble heart and it's a, it's a heart filled with repentance. I, I thought about no matter this. how long you've walked with the Lord, whether you're a Christian or an unbeliever, it's the same. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but Michael, I, I had spent 25 years in a church, Christian church, thinking that I was a Christian, thinking that I was a godly person, godly man. Um, I, but I only called myself a Christian. I never called myself a godly man. <laughs> yeah, well, they're quite different, different <laughs> explanations, right? Yes. Calling yourself a Christian and calling yourself a godly man is a different thing. Yeah. So it wasn't until I repented and finally realized, and I think there was that space. And I, I want to say it was a, at least a couple months from the time that I said that I repent to when I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, when he appeared to me. And I, there, a little bit of me kind of laughs and thinks, I wonder if God's heard my, my you know, my And I wanted my, to my, see it was real. And said, you know what? It usually takes you about a day or two. Uh, to, 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 to go back, to go back. <laughs> and he wanted to make sure that I was uh, sincere in my, in my repentance. Uh, because he goes, I heard you, you, you used to say that you, you, you'll never drink again. And then you go back and drink that night, you know, after a hard night partying with, with friends. So I want to see, I want to see if this is for real, if you're going to stick this one out and, uh, and repent. So Michael, just stick, you know, and another thing uh, Pastor Jack said tonight is that, isn't it remarkable, not remarkable, isn't it? interesting how God's voice is so quiet. And I think that was the other thing. I never spent enough time trying to learn how to listen to his quiet voice um, and to, to hear his, how present he is. He's, he's, I almost hear his voice, not every day. It's, uh, lately, it's been pretty close to almost every day. I've heard something. I'm sure he speaks to me every day. It's just I've never quieted down long enough. It was another great exercise we did on Monday uh, of, of, of um, clearing your head and opening up you know, the, your, your, uh, head space, uh, for the God's presence, place. the secret place, but, uh, that was powerful too. So Michael stick, stick with it, repent and, um, and just give yourself over, uh, to God and he will, he will talk to you. He will, he will show He's you. He's the relational God, omnipresent ever. 
He knocks at the door and who opens it, he shall dine with them. Yeah, that was promises that 50 something. What was I? 56, 56, 56 years I waited. So, Michael, you're probably not that old, but uh, stick with it. (laughs) I had to wait 56 years. That's because of me, not because of him. He was always there. Uh, I just never made myself available uh, to hear his voice. So you can do it and stick with it. It'll be awesome. Uh, he says, thanks. Uh, you two are a blessing for sure. Thank Aww, you, Michael. Thank you. We appreciate that so much. All right. Make sure and go to what app? Edify.app. <laughs> it's a Christian podcast network. It's called Edify. E-D-I-F-I.app. Uh, we'd love if you download the podcast, subscribe, hit a like, comment be awesome yeah you do that and then you can come back and watch us on youtube facebook yes. YouTube, Twitter. uh but uh it really helps out when you do that we really appreciate it all right my friends we love you god, god bless. bless and we'll see you soon good night Take care. bye